Welcome to Happy Millionaire, a show about how to make profit with a positive impact and stay happy along the way. In the first episode, Jay spoke about his early days and the founding of Yieldify. But this week, we're going to find out a little bit more about the person he is now, how an extended stay in New York forced him to question his priorities, explore spirituality and get a better understanding of what motivates him in life and in business. Let's not waste any more time and get on with the show. You go through some hardships. I remember at the time, right? So we... we we'd connected and then you just pissed off to New York for like a couple of years. And like, and I don't, I remember like we were texting and stuff, but it wasn't very frequent. And I remember just thinking at the time you were yeah, just yeah. slammed busy to the point where you weren't really doing much, but work. T- talk yeah, us through yeah, that period. Like what was yeah, going yeah. on with the company? Or like from memory, it was like growing like crazy. Like what, what was that period of time like for you and, and the company? So we're growing like absolute crazy. Then there was this moment where obviously I had to make change and then, you know, we had to get back to our feet and then we started growing again. And at this moment, I realized that a big opportunity for us was in the US. So basically quite early in the business, I did actually start investing and building a team in New York, but I'd really just left it by the side. I don't think we invested enough there. This is now in like 2017, 18, like I said that I need to basically take a one-way flight over there and make that business really grow in that region. Yeah, I basically just left everything behind. I didn't know how long I was going to be there for and had a visa and I just basically made the move. Were you happy? I think, look, at the start, I was enjoying New York and because at this moment, like everything was going good. I was feeling really healthy and my relationships were good. So really like everything was good. But it's really strange. What happened was, was this one week, I remember, like a few people actually asked me that same question. Like, Jay, are you really happy? I don't know. I was just attracting these people to basically ask me that question. I don't know what's going on. I remember there's this one day. So I'm in my apartment in New York. This is in the middle of like Union Square, which is a really nice part. In the middle of my apartment, I don't know what it was. I just felt this real strange pain in my stomach. I never felt it before. It was like, honestly, I don't know how to describe it. It was like a lump in my stomach. It was like literally like eating a tennis ball and it was in my stomach. And I was just like, what's going on? What's going on? I kept on asking what's going on, what's going on. And then suddenly memories of people asking me that week, like, Jay, are you happy? Are you happy? Started coming up in my mind. And I was like, what the hell is going on? It felt like it's the like I don't know. It's just this voice that came in. It was it was super weird. It was like one of those like voodoo spiritual I guess moments. I don't know. For me, it was just like weird. Like what was going on? As I started reflecting to that question, I was just actually going, wait, actually maybe there's something here. Maybe I'm not happy inside. Like what's going on? On the outside, it looked like I was happy, but on the inside, something. It just felt like something was missing. And that's at that moment I started getting advice. I started to get some of the answers. So basically, someone recommended me this book. Um, it's a really famous book that maybe lots of people have now read. It's called The Power of Now by Cartol. Um, I think you mentioned you've read that book as well. And I've like read it, the yeah. first time read it, it's like, oh my God. It's like probably the most complicated, complex book to ever read. I pick up the book, I throw it, and then I'll find it back again. And literally, I had this three-month journey with this book. And then eventually, some stuff started making a bit of sense. That's why a lot of people read it and they're like, this guy's a charlatan. He's just like, you know, speaking yoga babble or whatever. But the reality is, it's a very hard book to read and it's very... You have to put in effort. It's not like one of those books that you just read and like, oh, I get it. It's like a Tony Robbins book or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you've got to really put in effort into it. And actually the amount of effort you put into it, it's the same thing with meditation, right? Like not to go on a tangent here, but like meditation is effortlessly simple, but it's so hard to implement. And, you know, it's very hard to stick with. And anyway, so so, so, so you read Eckhart Tolle. 
power of now. Yeah, so I started reading it and then that then spurred me to like other books. I probably read like honestly like between 50 and 100 books over this year to year period. Um, just trying to understand like how the mind works, what joy was inside. So that's what I was trying to solve for was like how do I become joyful? Like to me, you know, life is about being happy and sad. These moments are going to come, but really like how do you get that middle joy, that peaceful but also be joyful. I wasn't trying to optimize for peace. I was trying to optimize for joy because I wanted to have this fun, playful level. And that's what I was trying to find. And I met a lot of yogis and I was just trying to like meet people. And these yogis would teach me again about meditation. And that's when I discovered yoga, which was my thing. What I learned was there's so many different things you can discover to make the mind more peaceful. And like really what you're trying to do is trying to quieten the mind and make it more peaceful at the same time, like use like affirmations to basically cleanse it. So you're cleansing your mind and you want to quieten it. Then the voice inside you, like this heart or like your gut, whatever you want to call that, like can start becoming more clearer. So like, you know, as we know, like what was happening and, you know, when I reflect back, it was just these two voices with the mind and the heart. And as time went on, like the more work I did on myself, that my mind would start becoming much more quieter and much more cleansed, much more purer, which then also allowed like me to listen to my deeper heart. That was really the journey. And like, I'd say yoga was one of the big changes for me. So, you know, I started off really small. I was doing like 10 minutes and God, it was bloody hard. And then I just started building up to a point where it was like 30 minutes. So really, you know, for the last four or five years, I've been doing it every single day. And I'd say like, that's probably helped me the most, but yeah, it was a journey. And then that, you know, when I started doing, it, I started to become a lot more happy. Do you reckon you were happy before? and you sunk into less happiness or did you suddenly just realize like you know what i'm actually not happy did it change did it dip like when you were in new york was that what happened or did you suddenly have a realization that you weren't really fulfilled yeah i think what it was is for reflect back like my life was full of like highs and lows and it was really awesome right like as in like yeah there's loads of moments of high loads of moments of low and that's what i was living it was just this roller coaster life but if you look at the actual core, I was just going with life. It was just like literally I was getting pulled in all directions. And yeah, I didn't really know how to really center myself. My mind was basically just pulling me in all these different directions. And I wasn't listening to my heart. Like that's what something. Um, so I feel like, yeah, that was like that. That's definitely a reflection when I look back. I want to center this, right? Because like you, the way you're talking about this, you know, you, you suddenly had this like spiritual awakening and you, you know, you're getting to all these like hundreds of books that yeah, you're yeah. reading and you, you know, doing yoga and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. How were you marrying that kind of spiritual side while still being driven? You know, you had a responsibility to grow this company, which you did, and it was super successful. It still is super successful. How did you marry the two? Because I can't imagine you like walking in barefoot with like prayer beads around your neck and stuff and a funky shirt. <laughs> Like, I just, I can't, I, I don't know. Like, what was that what was going on? Like, you know, did people yeah, ask yeah, questions? So what was that like? So it's weird. Like, after I'd gone through this wave, I think, yeah, I started centering myself. I started becoming a lot more happy. And people around me at work and even outside of work said, hey, Jay, like, something's changed. Have you, are you taking cocaine or something? I don't know. It's like, you seem to be so different. I was like, no, no, no. I've been working on myself. And at that point, this is like, now it's obviously very normal to work on yourself but like which year which year was this what would so it's probably 17 18 17 okay, okay, 17 okay. 18 like that's when like i went really deep and um i realized like when i went into my work i realized that everyone else probably wasn't feeling that happy as well like it was weird it's like because now i was in this new state when i looked at other folks i was like hmm, they're happy from the outside but they're happy on the inside a bit like me and it was clear from some of the really close relationships i had where i could have real conversations with it was clear that they were 
missing this joy inside as well. It's like I made this little treasure hunt discovery and actually maybe this might help others. And I remember, so I was like, oh crap, like, okay, now I've made myself happy. Now I need to make people at work happy. Yeah. So one of my first things I did was um, I did these like lunch and learns, like it's a classic start thing, lunch and learn, you bring in food and you talk. And my first talk was, I think, on fear. Yeah, the reason why a lot of decisions get made is because of fear or why we don't make decisions because of fear. So like, G- give us an idea of how many people... Yeah, it's about 34, 34 people came. How many people in the company was that? Oh, so that moment is probably like 170-ish, probably. Okay. I think okay. 160, not I can't bad, remember. Not, not bad like, numbers. So it's like a good number. It's in the UK office. It's in the UK. <laughs> yeah, good conversion rates, right? <laughs> um, I don't know if they just came because I was the CEO, but maybe maybe there was that. Um, and there was like free falafels and hummus. So maybe that played a part. Um, but yeah, like the talk went really well in that, like, I remember straight after it, six, seven people came up to me on the day and then lots of people emailed me after saying, wow, like that was a really good talk. I had no idea. Like my mind was so worried about certain decisions I'm making. So really literally out of the 30, 40 people that came, I had like 10 to 15 people that either wrote me a message or came to speak to me. So I thought, wow, there's something here, like something's going on. Then I did more talks. So like I did one like on happiness. I did one on, I think I went deeper on the mind. Like if there's any interesting books I'd read. So I remember that also started the journey for a lot of other people. Was there any part of you putting your CEO hat on, right? where you were like, if I start talking to my employees about happiness and spirituality and finding meaning, they might actually leave and they might actually be like, you know what, I, I this doesn't align with my goals. I don't want to work at Yieldify. I want to like, you know, start my own thing or like go and do a retreat or like, you know, start a side hustle. Like, did you not think that? Honestly, this was what my heart, like, is weird. Like, I think over time, like during that period, I just started listening to more what that voice was saying. My gut, my gut said, hey, like, like, do this. And no matter what, just do it. Just give it your all. Try to give some insights of what I've learned and what I've gone through. And I'd always try to give like real personal examples whenever I do these talks. And, you know, whatever that led to, that led to, I accepted it because I knew it was the right thing to do. So, you know, did anyone leave? No one did actually leave. And our actually, I think our employee like happiness score went up. So I'm not saying it was the main part, but I feel like it might have played a part. Um, and it definitely built a stronger connection with me and my team because they, they got to hear a lot about my personal stories and I was just openly sharing and it. And hopefully centered them. How did you, how deep did you go? Cause you described this like feeling as like a tennis ball, right? Like this like pain. Like did you, were you being pretty raw like that with your employees? No, look, honestly, I was just keeping it quite high level. Yeah. My, I guess the company was always quite free and open. That was what it was all about. And so they were quite, yeah. I didn't go too deep. It was just, I feel like the right level. And I guess this kind of worked in terms of a strategy of improving joy and, uh, you know, fulfillment at the workplace because you got like a bunch of awards at, at Yieldify for being like a good place to work out. Was that, or am I confusing it? We've reached it. <laughs> no, 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 we had some, we had some really, we won some awards at Yieldify as well. And, you know, when I look back, like one of the things I really picked up on was just, I think what we, we changed the the company to just be a lot more open, like, you know, really take the mask off, make sure everyone was willing to be vulnerable. And what does that really mean? Like, you know, if you're stuck, if you need help, like, please ask for it. I think there's this, everyone wants to prove themselves a lot. And sometimes there's a really important problem or a really important task that's on someone's mind and they need to solve it. And they try to solve it themselves when really there's maybe someone around them who's actually solved that problem or they can go speak to and they just don't do it. Or maybe even someone outside of the business and like, you know, what I said to them is like, look, it's okay if you don't know the answer. Like actually most of the things, like even to be absolutely frank, I don't know the answers to most things, right? And, but you have to go find the people, like be open, be vulnerable, be okay. So like that was one pattern I noticed quite quickly. Like once I'd gone through my journey, I was like, wow, like everyone's holding things in and they should be asking more for help. 
There's a really good um, there's a really good book by uh, Cal Robbins and David Bradford about uh, it's called Connect. They're these two psychology um, uh, professors at Stanford, and their class is one of the most booked in or most subscribed classes at Stanford Business School. So all these business school uh, MBAs, you know, they, they go and, and this is like the most subscribed class. It's all about connection. It's about everything from parenting to friendships and work colleagues. And also like, you know, making sure that you have a non-combative and a productive working relationship, right? And that's what kind of like brought that to mind when you're, when, you're, when you're talking about that. Because what companies these days, so I hear, are all after is this like harmonious and beautiful culture uh, to work in, right? Everyone's talking about culture, culture. We've got great culture. We're, we're innovative. We're, you know, supportive. We're, we're diverse, you know, all, all these sort of like buzzwords that people are looking for. And they shove in like a pool table and like an open brick wall or whatever. And it's like, this is kind of what it evokes. But but what you're talking about, I think, is a genuine sort of passion towards creating that workplace. And you've got experience, not just in Unify, where it seems like you have the seedlings of that idea, but you've sort of imbued it in all the other companies. And I want to I want to drill down on that. When people say we've got a culture, like how should they go about what what are some pointers that you have to 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 inscape at work? Yeah, look, I think there's like really three parts, right? You've got the purpose, like, you know, what is that meaningful problem you're trying to solve? And like, does every single person in the business really believe it? Like, I feel like a lot of businesses say they got a big vision and a purpose, but, you know, it's usually something that was done on a quick offsite, you know, a bunch of execs go out, you know, have a few drinks and have a big lunch over two days and come back and like, maybe a bit hungover and go, yep, that's the one. That's basically our vision. And I'm just like, yeah, you have to just spend the time. So that's really important. Then like from a leadership perspective, like, you know, are the leaders, have they worked on themselves? Like, are they someone that you're really excited to work with for the next five to 10 years? Like, you know, that's someone who, and I feel like that's something that businesses really need to work out. Like, are they trained their leaders, but at the same time, have the leaders done the work themselves? Right. And you find like, that can be questionable at times. And then obviously you've got the culture piece as well. Like, you know, what are those values that you really feel can make that big, big difference? Because I feel like, I think right now it's turned to a bit of a like, you know, there's all these like different codes and books and stuff out there. But like, it's super important that it comes from the heart. Like, I just feel like it's turned to quite a lot of fluffy stuff right now. I think that's something that I know after Yieldify, I think in Yieldify, we really evolved that and that became really good. And then I think in my future companies, I think I feel like I learned a lot in Yieldify. I feel like that's what really helped my next companies as well significantly. Yeah. So you stepped away from CEO at Yieldify. What, what was, why was that? Like if, if, if you were like on the, you know, from a skeptic's position, right? If you're on this journey, you're like, you know, suddenly everyone's enjoying work again. It's like a nice place to work. Why, why would you, why would you leave? Yeah, there was this, um, I don't know, there's this voice again, like, honestly, like I was, I listened to what that voice is telling me and the voice kept on saying, like, I, I, I felt there was this, this problem of bringing joy to work. I don't know. It just really hit me. Like, I was like, wow, this is a bigger problem that I really want to solve. And I've been running Yieldify for like seven years. Right. And was I enjoying the CRO? I think I enjoyed it, but it wasn't, I don't feel it was like where I was best placed. You know, really when companies scale to a good size, um, whether it's like, you know, somewhere like 200 or even 2000 or wherever it is, it's like the main thing you're trying to work out is it's more on the operational side, like making sure the business scales and grows. And like, I really love the building side. That's what really led me to change. And I still, I was still really sad though when I left, like I announced the business that um, I'll be leaving. I 
prepared this speech and again I'm feeling the goosebumps in me but I prepared this like speech and I said to myself look I want to just just say it from the heart and I remember from the first line I just started crying like it was the it was probably one of the most vulnerable situations I've been in where literally I said the first line and I just started crying and I fortunately wow. I had like a prompter so so I had that on my, <laughs> on my back but literally I was just crying and I don't think I don't think anyone expected neither did I and um I think someone even kind of gave me some tissues and I I think what was nice which was in that story was I always said to the team like hey look just just say just whatever you're feeling just express it it's okay it'll be okay and like weirdly I just that was my last speech in Yodify it was that and um I left, I just gave it everything I got and um it was a beautiful journey um at Yodify and um I guess a new chapter um for me was about to start yeah yeah that's a uh, that's cool i mean like you literally built it from a um a blanket fortress dude so <laughs> it's, it's it's pretty awesome so all right let, let's change gear let's go to reach desk right so you start a new company first of all let's talk about the ideation process behind that how did you what did you do after Unify? Did you like, did you go on a holiday? Did you go to a retreat? Like what, what's the, what was your vibe at that point? And then how long? So, so you're going to laugh. You're going to laugh. So I, so in fact, I basically stepped, um, we basically recruited this incredible CEO and I basically became on, the, I moved on to the board. This is in February, 2020. And basically I said like, I want to take some months off, go on holiday. Um, and we all know what happened in March, 2020. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I booked I this like, amazing, like few months or a year. I was like super pumped. Like I bought all the backpacks and all the gear. I was like super pumped to go traveling. And then, yeah, bang, March 2020 happened. And obviously it's sad. And I just spent some time with myself and um, with my brother and with friends. And obviously, you know, during that period, during lockdown and just try to, um, yeah, just like, I guess, reflect. I think serendipitously, mate, I reckon that would have been like, uh, really good for you, you know, from a personal development point of view, because let's say, I remember you were chatting to me about this like epic trip you're about to take. And like, I feel bad for you, obviously, because, you know, it would have been, it would have been wonderful, like going to you know, Bolivia, South America, asking me for tips and that kind of stuff. I was like, yeah, Jay's going to have an awesome time. But actually, you know, there's a famous, um, parable or saying about like how somebody can learn as much as they need to know about the world by staying in one position and looking under a rock as they can do by like traveling around you know wherever so you know that that opportunity to to be introspective i think probably wouldn't have ever lended itself in it and it came at the right time but that's me like i missed a half glass full over here uh so <laughs> it can be a bit annoying for people <laughs> Yeah, I guess, look, that's, that space um, was nice. And I felt that, so my brother um, and um, there's two other Alexes that I worked with at Yodify and myself, we worked on this business called ReachDesk. Like initially I was just helping from the outside, but now I had this time, I thought, okay, let's get my hands dirty. And um, really where ReachDesk came was, to really solve that problem of bringing 
joy to work. So you obviously know a little about ReachDesk, but for the guys who don't, like ReachDesk is about allowing businesses to send personalized gifts at scale. So whether you're an employee, customer, or a prospect, you can now send a gift. Um, so someone like you, Rupi, I'd love to send you obviously a hoodie, which has got Imperial University, maybe showing the year you graduated, maybe showing a few like societies or some like fun bits that happen in the journey and like really give you this hoodie because it's like bringing back all those memories. And it's obviously a beautiful moment, right? It's like a me showing my love to you, right? I just thought like, why don't businesses, why can't businesses do that at scale? Like, why can't they send like gifts, like whether it's like cookies or chocolates or like there wasn't like essentially like a marketplace, like a delivery to send these gifts. That's what ReachDesk was. And it was about the main objective of ReachDesk was to bring more smiles to people. And yeah, and I think that's really where, in a weird way, lockdown brought me to ReachDesk. Like from a skeptical point of view, (laughs) ReachDesk is uh, basically sending swag to other corporate companies so they you become more memorable to them and then you can upsell them with all the other services that you have right but i mean i believe you i i i know where you're coming from you're trying to bring joy to the world what, what i want to know is like how how you instill those kind of values when there's plenty of skeptics that would have believed the former not the not the latter no definitely i think this is where my experience of Udify came in on just like making sure the vision was like truly felt. I still remember the time when we put the vision of ReachDesk together, like all of us founders got together. I was in my proper like spiritual zone and like really thinking just like really about love, but also like how can we really bring more joy to work? And I came up with the vision and what vision is, is basically something that you wish the world would be like in like 10 to 20 years with your product. That's what a vision is. And um, I still remember our vision and I still remember the moment I said it and it still gives me goosebumps this day and it was like it was our vision is that every business will be loved by their customers employees and the planet I still remember the moment I said it like everyone just froze because it was such a bold vision like how could like you know how do you make a business be loved Um, because businesses right now like you know some people think businesses are cool some people hate them like there's this whole like view on businesses so our objective and our vision was that businesses will be loved i'm impressed at the foresight of your co-founders because like again skeptic rupee over here i i would have been like you know jay's just on his spiritual journey i don't know what he's talking about like bringing joy to you know w- wanting everyone you know like how, how is shell going to be the most loved company in the world sort of thing do, do you know what i mean like but i know i i get i get your vision i get i, I get i get the sort of sentiment behind it but i'm, I'm imagining you must have got some pushback there was a lot of conversation so you know to get to that point like i remember we had probably about six two-hour sessions. And during that moment, it was weird, but I knew roughly where the direction was going to go. But I knew at that same time that I had to, we had to really stretch ourselves. And like, in a weird way, I was planting some, not seeds, but I could feel like slowly, like each week. So we did it every single week for two hours on like a Friday, um, exactly what you're doing on a Friday, like real deep chats on like, I mean, talking about like the meaning of life to then like, you know, the meaning of business to bringing really joy to joy to work. And um yeah, it did take some time, but eventually we all just looked at each other and went, yeah, this is it. And so you get, you you grew this into like to the fifth fastest growing software company in the world. How long did it take to get to that? Yeah, so like two, three years, like the company has grown faster than what I'd have expected. Like it's going to be a unicorn like very soon. And like, yeah, it just happened super quickly. And um, I feel that it was just because we honestly did build the company from the heart. Like I, I cannot, like honestly, it, it just came pure from the heart, like in that, we just wanted to do good. Like we wanted to do good for like everything. When we thought about building it, we always thought long term. We always thought about like, you know, trying to send send more sustainable goods. All of this, 
I think people can feel it. It's just super true. And like when you meet people from the business, like we all feel it. And I just like the most beautiful thing in all of this is now I, I believe we've sent like a million gifts. So I know a million humans have felt a personalized gift arrive to them. And I know what that happened. They could probably, you know, hopefully they felt in their heart, they smiled. And and I do feel like, you know, what I think was really powerful about Reach is when you do receive a gift, like let's imagine I did send you that Imperial hoodie, which I probably have to now because I've been saying it so much, right? But like, you're going to feel really good and happy. Then, you know, you go- You can get a Doctor's Kitchen branded though, man. You don't have to worry about the Imperial. <laughs> Fine, we'll do that. We'll do that. <laughs> yeah, fine, we'll do that. And but like at that moment when you receive it, you're gonna feel really happy and you're gonna maybe with be with your beautiful fiance and then she's gonna feel that joy. Like what's the most incredible thing is that when you receive a gift, the people out near you also feel the energy that you have. They also feel energized. And suddenly, like, you know, later on in that day, you may go, you know, with your app, you may go pitch to Apple or whoever it may be, and like you'll you still got that energy and you might close one of your biggest partnerships or deals like I feel like what a gift can do is just like, it's that first little domino that can really just change like someone's day or that moment. And I feel like that's what, that's what was behind it. I think the other thing that's important to note, right, is that you don't necessarily have to start an ashram to be like, the, you know, uh, a, a, a joyful place to work. It doesn't have to be as extreme as that. It can be a company that focuses on gifting and as a mechanism for prospecting in a B2B environment. You can still have the cultural values of joy in a company as, as reach desk. And like, clearly it works. I mean, it w again, it was like another place that was voted best to work out or something. I don't know. I don't, I don't pay attention to these things, but like, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, we have won awards again and to be the best place to work. And again, like it's just, I think what we've done as leaders is just say how we feel, being like really true and honest, but making sure it's really purposeful. It's not, like, I think people can, people know when leaders are real. Like we're not, you know, everyone's, everyone can feel it now. I think we're all as humans becoming much more self-aware and conscious of just like, you know, what's really happening below the line. So yeah, I feel it's, um, I feel like Reachless really has proven to be, a, you know, one of those comp like conscious businesses. This has been great. Like, I, I feel like I've learned a lot more about like sort of your process and, and your journey and how you've, you, you're quite humble <laughs> as, as an entrepreneur, you know, you, you got, you, we've already just got to the two companies, you know, the second company that you've really doubled down on is soon to become a unicorn. You started another company. You've also got a studio. Uh, why, I mean, what what is the draw? I mean, I kind of know the answer to this question because being an entrepreneur, I like being punched in the face as well, and and I like you know the roller coaster journey of the ups and downs, and actually part of the entrepreneurial journey, I think, and and hopefully this sort of resonates with listeners who are interested in the subject of joy at the workplace is enjoying the ride of of being on that roller coaster that is your entrepreneurial journey whilst maintaining sort of an air of the excitement and the enjoyment of the highs and the lows. So creating that sort of like middle path with like our emotions and our reactions. But why, why aren't you just like chilling? Why, why are you not just like, you know, done this, got the studio, got the cash, got, got everything sort of like, you know, the right teams and stuff. Like what, what's, what's pushing you further? I think one thing I probably look, reach test was, reach test is obviously a, a huge success. Like, you know, and there was definitely bumps along that journey as well. Like, you know, for example, a lot of venture capitalists rejected me on fundraising. We, 
we raised during COVID, which wasn't easy. Like we did have a lot of challenges, but I felt like, cause it was my second time. It's like going in the jungle and like you see different animals pop up and you see like a lion come and like, but you're aware that, Hey, there's a, there's a lion about to pop up at that moment. So like you're more aware of what's about to happen, but then random stuff does still happen, right? Like COVID happened. I didn't predict it. And certain people that you may know in your network may think, hey, maybe they're just going to invest straight away, but they're not. So like, I feel like, you know, you still, so in a way, it was a bit of a roller coaster, but I guess it was a bit more smoother. Obviously, ReachDesk, I, I sit on the board. I'm the chairman of that business and it's growing really well. And yeah, look, I took a bit of time out, you know, went traveling a little bit and was still working, but mainly, you know, just traveling. And yeah, I was like, I enjoyed that life, but honestly, it just wasn't, it wasn't for me. Like I had this, again, that voice saying, hey, like, Jay, come on, go make work joyful. Like this is, and you know, this is what kept on pulling me. And I, so what I've done is I've built um, a studio called Bliss Growth where we create businesses. And really the ethos there is like about creating businesses that will bring more joy to work. For me, that gives me my creative spark. Like I feel like all of us humans need this creative vent to release. And like, that's me building businesses and also investing in other startups. I get so much joy from, like investing in other companies and watching these entrepreneurs do crazy well. And like, I know in a weird way, I'm like living through them. It's like, I get more through. I don't, for me, I get excitement on winning still, but I get probably more excited when like I watch someone else win for the first time. Like that is a huge buzz. And, and yeah, and I feel like this is my opportunity to also like give back through this studio as well. So yeah, that that's awesome, man. I, I think like, I think it's also important not to beat around the bush that the game you're playing at the level you're playing you're not everyone is like this happy joyful spiritual character right and actually bringing that sort of joy to funding rounds people who are there to who, who are pretty malicious and trying to screw you over and stuff that's actually part of the game that you're playing and actually why you know the, the spiritual grounded side of you is so important otherwise it does become a proper emotional roller coaster I don't want people to think that, oh yeah, like everything's happy and joyful and stuff like you're going to come across dicks and they, you would have had your fair share of stories about that. Look in the startup community or just in any business, you're going to get people that are just out there for themselves. Right. Um, I even noticed in my fundraising round for screen loop, like people were just like some investors were just looking at me and like going, oh, here's Jay, he's his third company. He's just a walking dollar bill, like awesome. Like let's, if I invest in him, we're going to win and we'll make lots of money. And like my new company screen loops about really helping businesses with their hiring, which I feel is like super, super important. Like is a really meaningful problem that I'd love to solve, like making businesses, like help them hire the right people. I could see from some investors, they were passionate about it, but a lot of them were just like, oh, here comes some money. Let's go for it. So I think, I think now I'm just a bit more aware of it. I'm aware of it and I can see it, which is great. But, you know, I still have to, you learn different, like there's different types of humans out there. I feel like every human's out there for their own good way, like, and they're all learning as well. But, you know, at the same time, I've got to make sure we pick the right partners um, for that journey. Because, you know, when you're building a company, it's like you need the right people. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. No, I, I get that. Cool, man. Look, we talked to a whole bunch of about a whole bunch of things here you, you know your journey up to this point we're going to double down on yeah, you've uh, delved deep, mate. You've delved in not, you've delved yeah, in a lot no, of i feel like we've got some stories out of you that you probably wouldn't have wanted to do on your first episode but you know the, the more the more we do this 
the more reps you get, the easier it will become. And I'll be honest, mate, it is brave yeah, yeah, talking about this kind of stuff, particularly when you know companies yeah. are still alive and stuff. And it's not the done thing to be a spiritually minded CEO. And I think there are a whole bunch of connotations there that you're going to smash by showing that you can be successful and marrying that with, with, with joy. But anyway, for like for like the listeners, what should they expect from other episodes on this pod and why should they invest their precious time in, in us? What we want to do is like bring some of our friends who are entrepreneurs yeah. and really ask them how they brought more joy to work and really learn from them. I think it's and then we will do some episodes of just you and me and um, you know, really go down on some specific topics that are really important to folks and you know, the main thing is just have a bit of fun, have a bit of banter between you and me. We already have these chats anyway whenever we hang out, whether it's like going for a swim or jacuzzi or going out for a drink, whatever it is. So I think now we've just got a, an open place to talk about it. And um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm just really excited to see what's ahead. And hopefully I can be as good as podcasts as you are. It's a beautiful journey. I want people to, to really get that sort of um, feeling like you're you're coaching them because I'm privy to your knowledge. I, I get to voice note you all the time. I get to hear those voice notes. And with me, you're not holding anything back. You're doing it in a compassionate, kind way. And I think what this podcast could do is give people access to your insanely uh, researched, well-researched knowledge and lived experience. So I would love to, to see more of that come out in future episodes. And I think, yeah, getting other guests on, us speaking about different topics, you know, we're going to talk about some books and conscious entrepreneurship and i want to get your opinions on it i'll give my opinions and we're at very different stages you're like multiple serial entrepreneur raised a, a, a buttload of cash i'm very early stage i've just started my first tech product and i'm at the process of building out my team so you know it's, it's going to be good to have these two angles as as we as we chat and one thing i want to really do in this podcast is try to um make it one of those like real community focused ones where like would love to do like meetups and you know because i think one of the big challenges we all have is like trying to meet like-minded people so it'll be great is obviously we're both based in london i know there may be some people some of our friends that are listening from outside but it'd be good to have like some meetups where we all can get together and talk and um that'd be really beautiful because you know it is about also about who you spend time with so hopefully you know we can build that up but yeah lots of um fun times ahead and yeah just excited to be on the journey with you pal it'll be um it's gonna be fun and uh i'm sure we'll take the piss out of each other a lot and learn a lot so it'll be good <laughs> all right awesome i'll catch you next time that <laughs> was nice to you this episode oh, so yeah, yeah don't worry one nil to you okay next episode we'll see fair enough <laughs> 